Hello and welcome to the French Football Weekly Podcast. We are back for a new season. I am Philippa B and I'm joined as ever by Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jez. Hi. And Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Hello. So, we've had a, our good summer break. It's been a quiet summer, really. Not lots happened um, in the world of French football. League arm, transfers, not much to talk about. Oh, yes. Oh, heavens. Oh, yes. So, we've had an even bigger and crazier transfer window than I think many people were, were expecting. And we, Kylian Mbappe is still in Monaco. Uh, at time of recording, we may do a drop-in later for, for whatever happens there. So, with all of the movement, some teams like Lyon have lost some very big players. PSG have obviously brought in some very big players. How do we see this uh, impacting and what's going to happen um, in Ligue 1 this season? And what other talking points can we come up with? So, Jez, what was your sort of most interesting summer development uh, that you saw um, yourself happening and having an impact in what's going to come up? Um, I think in in general terms, it it feels a bit. I feel a bit like, in one sense, this is this should be PSG's easiest stroll to the title yet, and in another sense, I think this is possibly one of the most exciting. Um, potentially one of the most exciting Liga seasons for a while because I think behind PSG there's a lot of very evenly matched teams potentially with a with an element of unknown to a lot of them. So I mean, she'll speak about all of them in time. But Monaco have obviously had a big overhaul since last year, but I've actually I actually think they they've signed some very good players. Um, Marseille, I'm less convinced than others about the way their project has been going but they're obviously signing some big names um, some uh, yeah like I said maybe we'll speak in more detail about them in a bit um, Saint-Etienne look like they're actually going to cross the halfway line this year mm -hmm. Lille have got Bielsa so you know is he going to do his usual thing start off like a train and then collapse and run away or is it you know is it something a little bit longer lasting but I actually I think it, we touched on this in the last pod I think just as we were finishing Rich said that he didn't expect Lyon to finish high up and I said that I actually do and I don't know if Rich has changed his view because I made a couple of good signings since, but I'm I think I'm probably most intrigued of all the teams near the top by Lyon, mm -hmm. who you know really got rid of arguably their three marquee players, but I think they've made some good signings. I think they've got some fantastic kids waiting in the wings, and Fekir just obviously it's very early days, but. You know, he's been made captain and he looks like he could potentially be back to his pre-ligament injury best. And they've made a great start to the season, so I'm pretty excited by to see what they're going to do this year. Yeah, so Rich, have you changed your mind? What do you think, having seen the departure lounge at Lyon, but also some very interesting people coming in as well as moving up there? Oh, some very interesting players coming in. Um I think I, I, I'm going to stand by what I said towards the end of last season. Purely on the basis, as Jez has pointed out, a lot of other teams have um, have improved their squads, closed that gap. Monaco perhaps have, have weakened with all their departures. Yes, they brought in some good players, but 
They're by no means like for like replacements, and we're still not done in the transfer market. Let's not forget. There's there's every chance that Mbappe could go. Fabinho looks um, looks like he could be off as well after sort of rumours today of meetings with uh, with the board, and then you know whatever happens with Lamar. So th- that gap to Monaco. You know, I mean, I think I think PSG will be strolling with this title. Uh, they should do. But how many times have we said that over the last number of years? And they've only really done that once. So um, uh, this this is going to sound weird. The team, I mean, Jez picked out Leon as a team that he's really looking forward to seeing. I, I didn't I didn't think half an hour ago. I didn't think I'd be saying this, but having thought about it, it's Santetien for me. I think that they're, they're now they've come out from the the sort of Christophe Galtier era of. You will play how I want you to play, which is don't try not to try not to concede anything, and if you can scrap a goal late in the game, great. Um, and they've sort of morphed under under Oscar Garcia over the summer, and hopefully, and and I think what we've seen in the first two games, it's it's allowed the, the players to loosen up. He's brought some players back in who Galtier had frozen out. Um, Brian Darbo is looking, looking really really good again. Oh, um, lovely to see you. <laughs> so I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Santetia can do with sort of the, the leash slightly loosened. So, But I think Jez is right. I think if you can ignore PSG, I think the, the, the race for the sort of spots behind them could be any one of sort of seven or eight teams. So it, it, should, be a, it should be an entertaining season. I think what I noticed about um, just seeing OL, uh, particularly uh, on the, the second Friday night game uh, against your lot, um, they look fun and sparky and zippy. And there was mildly chaotic at the end of that match. But, I mean, it's got to be great news that uh, Mariano Diaz has well and truly hit the ground running for them. He's got, what was it, three goals so far, um, uh, you know, so he he's come in to try to kind of cover that that Lacazette shaped hole up front, but they just look a bit, they look very kind of fluid. And obviously, there's a lot of new guys getting involved there, so you can uh, only expect that that's going to get better and and more fluid and more intuitive as as they all gel together. Um, well, I mean, obviously, I, I think, think there's um there's an element of Arsenalness to them that you kind of think as soon as one result goes badly for them you can see all the fans turning and wanting you know Genesio out and um, you know I don't know Rich might think it's unfair of me to say so but I feel like they haven't particularly been tested that that hard defensively yet but um, certainly I think they started the season better than than I would have expected them to and as you said Diaz looks a proper striker and was a fantastic header against Ren, and uh, you know he certainly, so far he's doing a very good job helping the fans forget about Lacazette. I think one, you know, this is one other team that's kind of interesting. What with one of the managerial changes you mentioned, Bielsa. Obviously, if you were going to throw your toys out of the pram after uh, one bad result, then losing. 3-0 to a newly promoted team having played three different players in goal only one of whom was a goalkeeper at the weekend um, Lille uh, my notes for their transfer window just read Bedlam um, obviously that match against Strasbourg where as I said they lost 3-0 
with a chaotic last half an hour after the goalkeeper was sent off with all subs already made um, isn't something you can uh, use as a uh, template for anything but given what he did last time he was here I think it's quite impressive that Bielsa is still apparently um, in in that job so I mean that's kind of interesting what what they're doing the project he's putting together there's been some you know courtier going um, somewhat a player that we've been very fond of in um, uh, over the years but they brought in quite a lot of new blood in a variety of different ways um, Kevin Malkui was one of the ones who, who went off injured at right back uh, Mendes I think he also went off injured there was a lot of injured going on in that in that game, so obviously having Bielsa around will be uh, will be interesting to see if Lille can push up um, from the fairly lowly position last table to to maybe challenge for for some spots up there. So, Rich, is there any other kind of big movers and shakers before we get on to PSG because we can't you know legally ignore them. <laughs> Um, I suppose the the, the 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 sort of other club then to put a little bit more under the spotlight before moving on um, would perhaps be Marseille. Um, you know they've they've had a, a summer of of bringing in um, a few players. I didn't. I thought they'd be bringing in more, I and mean, they may may still do bring some more players in. But they've they've brought in the likes of of Adil Rami. Um, obviously, Steve Mondonda's come back. Um, and and perhaps one of the best, maybe one of the best signings within Ligue 1 with with Valère Germain. Um, two wins from two, albeit courtesy of some curious goal scorers. Um, I, I don't think many would have had Clinton and G and, and Lucas Acampos as as goal scorers for Marseille after two, or certainly two match winners after two games for Marseille. But intrigued to see how they do because. Along with with Louis Gustavo, another another summer recruit, that's a very nice looking midfield. You know they've got they've got uh, they've got Gustavo, they've got Maxime Lopez who shone um, so well last season. They've got Morgan Sanson, Sanson as well. So it's it's a really really good looking midfield. Um, they've obviously got Tovan who had a a stellar season really last season. They've got Germain. Um, they probably are looking to bring in another striker. Um, I'm not sure Germain is a, is a is a striker that works best on his own. Um, and Payet, I mean Payet is I don't think had a particularly good last season. Last season, he's been given the captaincy uh, for this campaign, so it'll be interesting to see how he performs. But I think Marseille as a whole will be a, a, a I don't like to use the word project, but they will be an interesting project to to keep an eye on as well this season. And they're in the Europa League playoffs on Thursday, having beaten Ostend in the third qualifying round. They will be playing Slovenia's NK Domzal. Um, so we'll be looking to be fighting on several fronts on that front. So I think I'm I'm with Rich that I just I'm not I like the moves that Garcia has made so far, but I don't I'm surprised at how excited Marseille fans are. Um, about some of them, it, I just feel some of them are backward steps rather than um, ones for the future. I mean, Jamma, I think, is a fantastic player, um, and I think Luis Gustavo as well will fit in perfectly into that midfield and will be a great anchor for 
the more exciting players like Lopez and creative players like Sanson. But, you know, you still got within the back five, you still got Mondondo, Rami, Rolando, Evra. To me, that's that's not a particularly exciting, particularly competitive defence. Well, the, Maybe they've sort got of 10, a 15 Marvie years ago. in, I think that's loan, but it's with an option from Villa. So that's. So I think, yeah. see, I think that's forward progress. I like that a lot, but I'd like it more if he went into the team. I'm assuming he's not going to. Mm. Um, and yeah, Payet as well. I'm still, I'm not. It was a lot of money, but I don't think it was particularly a marquee signing because I do think he's on the wane and he was just going back to the team he was previously at, obviously feeling a bit homesick. I don't think it's a kind of statement of look, we're back kind of thing. So I'm certainly not saying they're awful signings. I'm just, for me, the jury's still a little bit out. But I think there's real potential there with, with a couple of them. Um, and it just remains to be seen how, how they will do, I guess. Okay, so the, you know, billion dollar um, sort of elephant in the room is PSG. What have they been up to? Obviously, the Neymar news is is everywhere, is huge, is unprecedented, is bizarre, is slightly weird, is whatever. And they've also got um, Danny Alves in. But some people were kind of a bit querying, okay, amazing. Absolutely amazing. They've brought in a left-back, which is useful because with Maxwell retiring, they only had one. But looking at the back, as far as I'm aware, they've got two left-backs, three centre-backs. And if we assume Aurier is off, which um, situation juridique complexe notwithstanding, I think sounds like he will be. That was a quote from Lekeep earlier. He There's some issues. They've got sort of three right-backs. Is that enough to, to 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 go through a season where you're going to be trying to to, to go deep in the Champions League again? Um, that there still needs to be more more work done to them, um, which seems weird given how much they've already spent. But you know there are very valid concerns there that you know the the front may be amazing, but the the the, the back um, might need a little bit of. Um, might need a little bit of reinforcement. Rich, what do you think about kind of the balance? Is is Neymar distracting us from 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 the overall picture? Um, it's certainly masking a problem that PSG have suffered, I think, for a couple of seasons now, which is that uh, the the spine of that midfield relies so heavily on Marco Verratti. Um. I mean, I can't believe we're coming into another new season with PSG and Thiago Mata is still getting a game. You know, with with a club that's just gone out and spent over two hundred million on one of the world's best players, it's like they they can fill they can bring someone in that's better than Thiago Mata. So there's problems there. They still not address the goalkeeping situation. Um Ariola, you know, we're I think we're all big fans of Ariola, but no hiding behind the fact that he made some pretty high-profile mistakes last season. He should have been given a longer run in the team. It was he was all too too swiftly dropped uh, and track brought back in. He himself has made some big mistakes. He's not the world-class goalkeeper that they need. But so there's 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 certainly areas that PSG need to focus on, need to improve in, 
if they are to get this Champions League glory, which you know the the Qataris seem so eager and so desperate to get their hands on. Um, but in terms of the Neymar signing, it wasn't a necessary signing. I don't think, perhaps from a personnel point of view, I think it was a necessary signing from a, a statement point of view. You know, everyone was talking about the fact that they were humiliated in that second leg against Barcelona in the Champions League, didn't win Liga, and despite obviously having such a strong squad. Everyone was talking about Monaco. The focus had, swift, uh, had switched away from Paris. So the statement was needed to show, you know what, we are the, the big boys of, of France. We are the, the big spenders. We are the powerhouse. Uh, and so a signing like this, I suppose, was inevitable. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to happen until I saw pictures of him uh, landing in Paris. Uh, I thought, there's, there's no way that this can actually happen. But it did. Um, and after I think a lot of um, uh, almost I don't know it bordered it bordered on Mickey taking really of Paul Gangon when he made his debut. Well, fair, um, fair fair play to their social media team. Whoever was running their Twitter account <laughs> yeah. was ha- was playing an absolute blinder. I think having a go at a couple of um, Sky News reporters saying, "Oh God, not you again," and uh, and various other things. I think they did. Um, they they dealt with it the only way you can do, which is not to get in a huff and and yep. kind of start bitching, but in a sense sniping back in in quite an amusing way. I mean that match, obviously. You know, he's he he was great. You know, goal and an assist on your debut is yeah, that's that's not bad, is it? I mean, but it's kind of you can almost not assess him uh, and his performances until everything's kind of calmed down a bit because the atmosphere was so weird, the context is so so unusual. Um, so Jez, do you got any um, kind of views on the on the PSG situation and and if? You know what business they might still need to do. I think Rich has covered it pretty well. I mean, you know, from a league point of view, it's fantastic to have Neymar there. He's a fantastic player. Yeah, goal and assist on his debut. I expect him not quite Zlatan stats, but although he's not so much an out-and-out striker, so the onus isn't on him just to hit the back of the net but you you can imagine him sort of ending the season with a hell of a lot of assists for Cavani and um, he's going to be great to watch week in week out I think and I agree that it's more about the statement it's you know if you believe some stories and I'm not exactly sure how they do it did it but you know there's there's a few stories about how a lot of the other bigger clubs in Europe have kind of you know closed ranks and they don't want the these sort of nouveau riche newcomers um, to to kind of stick their nose into into what's an exclusive club, um, you know, forgetting that a lot of them rely on um, strange means of getting hold of a lot of transfer money as well. Um, so in that sense, I think it's great that PSG are kind of saying, look, you know, we're here, we're here to compete. Um, the size of the transfer fee, and I mean just. In general, it's not just a statement about PSG on the football pitch. The problem is always that with PSG, it's a statement about Qatar. It's a statement about, you know, we're not having a great time politically on the world stage, so we'll make a statement through one of our little pet projects, which is great for us as pure football watchers, but there is an element of 
um, kind of I don't know leaves a nasty taste. I'm not sure what the right phrase to use is, but there's something that's a little bit uncomfortable about uncomfortable about it. And I guess kind of connected with that and the fact that it's like a project, uh, a sort of pet project, is that it does feel like this is being led by um, you know people who treat real life football worlds as some kind of um, you know FIFA or football manager game and don't really necessarily know what they're doing so you know Neymar's the, you know one of the three best players in the world the one that's probably easiest to get the one that will hurt the opponents the most so we'll sign him whether we need him or not and there's no doubt that he's gonna um, I think help PSG romp to the title there's probably no doubt that possibly in close games that maybe they didn't manage to win last year in Liga you know a flash of brilliance from him will give them three points rather than one but again for for Champions League I'm not sure that's enough I think they need to replace Motta they need to replace Matuidi um, I know not everyone would agree but I think you two I think they need to replace Thiago Silva. They need a decent goalkeeper, and you know, it's hard to think of any. You probably can't think of any team in the world that doesn't have, that hasn't won a major title without a, um, a sort of you know, defensive midfielder biting at opponents' legs at the very top of their game. And PSG don't have that at the moment. If they get Fabinho, then I think you know that's already a huge um, uh, sort of step towards Champions League and in a sense as important as signing Neymar because I think that's the position they're really lacking in and as Rich said I just don't think it sends out any kind of um, scary message to any opponent when you've still got at least one of Motta or Matuidi turning out in, in big matches. I think just on the kind of the the status uh, statement um, presentation of it all, obviously the the shirts that PSG were wearing away at, at Gangon were were yellow. Um, they, you know, there's there's this theory amongst some, some quite kind of annoyed PSG fans who are like, this is nothing to do with our colours. That this is, in a sense, to look Brazilian to make Neymar feel more comfortable. It <laughs> got to the point because. Gangong did a decent job of holding out for, you know, the first half and, and until that unfortunate own goal. But, you know, maybe turning, saw, turning up the Nantes didn't help put PSG in the right mindset, perhaps. So, uh, I mean, that's just... The own goal immediately made me think of your bimble verb. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that oh, bimbled into the fire. Poor, <laughs> poor guy. Um, I, one thing I noticed, because I was obviously the... Basically, they they started the um, sort of the lead into the match much earlier than usual, um, and Neymar goes out to start warming up, and everybody's cheering, and there's some barracking and some funny songs and whatever. But he just kind of looks slightly baffled by the whole situation. It's like you know, I'm making my debut after this massive world record-breaking move, and I'm playing in, and you know, the crowd is basically you know singing funny songs at me, and. In much the same way as when I'm distracted, I kind of play with a pen, you know, you tap your pen on the table, you might drum your fingers, you do a little doodle. He was doing keepy-ups and little kind of tricks and rainbow flicks over his head and just little things like that, as if it's the most natural thing in the world, which obviously it is, but still looking kind of distracted by it. It was a very nice little moment, I thought, of, you know, what 
one of the world's best footballers does instead of, you know, twiddling a biro um, when he's thinking things through. So, you know, we'll have to obviously keep an eye on him. They're playing Toulouse, they're playing Toulouse uh, coming up. So that should be interesting as Toulouse have uh, bought Yannick Karazak in the window. Um, <laughs> one of their big moves. I loved the quote from, uh, from the manager after the first training session. It's going well. He hasn't been sent off yet. So, so that was a nice one. I mean, one thing obviously that if PSG do more more business, the one that's rumoured is that they're going to get Mbappe. Now, I was doing a little tot up of uh, the Le Fifty players, um, and of the fifty Le Fifty players, eleven have moved so far, with two being reloaned. The eleven who've moved so far have gone for about ninety-five million in total, according to transfer market. If Mbappe goes, of course, that doubles. But would how how does Mbappe triples? Mbappe, well, yeah, how however much, uh, you know, Mbappe in that team as well. Then you've got two left-sided forwards. So I mean, Neymar would presumably shift to the middle. What how 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 would that work, uh, Rich? Does that seem like a good idea? Um, I don't think. I don't think the owners of PSG think like that. Um, it seems that they will just see names. I don't. Uh, yeah, for them, it's oh, that's Emery's job. He can he can play them. He can perk, work out where they're going to play. We're just going out and spending this money to make us look like this powerful, but if dominant you've European already presence. if you've already broken the world transfer record by a significant distance, why go out and you know? do something for, you know, a measly, what, 140 million? I mean, it just seems you've already done the big statement. Unless there's a good playing well, need, I, I, is... Huh? I almost think, I is, this, is this then a statement? That Neymar signing was a statement for, for the sort of global game. Mm-hmm. Is the Mbappe signing, albeit still on a, on a, on a global stage, is this, more, <laughs> is, this, is this more of a say, statement of saying... You know what, Monaco? You you made us look like idiots. Last, you make us look like an idiot last season. We're gonna make sure you don't win it again, and that the title's coming to you know back to Paris, and we'll do so for the next few years. Um, I I don't I don't know. It's 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 a curious sign, unless of course maybe they're thinking, is he going to be a uh, you know long term replacement, or maybe even more short term replacement for Cavani. Um, you know, would they look at playing him centrally and allowing basically him and Neymar just to flip between more, you know, playing left and more central? Um, I think either way, it's not spelling good news for the likes of uh, of Angel Di Maria. It's not spelling good news for the likes of Julian Draxler, um, who in my mind would have been would be very harshly treated if he was to be shipped out. But reports today seem to suggest that. That could be happening, which I just find remarkable. Um, signing of Mbappe for me is purely down to just nulling off that final possibility of competition from from their main rival. So looking at them as as the main rival, obviously Monaco have um, you know they may be in a little bit of 
topsy-turvy situation at the moment until at least the end of the window when everything's actually nailed down. But it is nice to see their commitment to the three goal per game average continuing um, as they uh, put three past Toulouse and then four past Dijon. We've got Falcao. Uh, on four already, and the centre backs have got three between them. Um, that was something that and, was. And they're going to mess this weekend where they scored seven. Well, yes, I <laughs> kind of. I did mention that on Twitter because, you know, I mean, he, he, they, they put a bundle past Montpellier as, and Ren as well. But, I mean, this was the great thing about Monaco last season. There were goals, there were goals, there were goals. But the thing was, those goals were also coming from everywhere. They must have been an absolute nightmare to mark because you never knew who was going to, you know, throw in a 30-yard screamer uh, at any given moment. I mean, Jemison's got two in two games and Glick's got one. I mean, and a, and an assist, I think. I mean, this is something that and, you know, and they, one, they and will of... be weakened, but they're still going to be strong. And one of one of Jemison's was a bicycle kick from a corner. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got At... centre backs, centre backs doing that, then Lord help any kind of tactics in keeping them under wraps. Mm-hmm. So I think the, in a sense, the the one other team we we maybe need to talk talk about who were high up last year, but looked like things might be significantly more difficult this year in Nice. Um, that their uh, still pointless. Uh, Balotelli's injured. Uh, they've got Wesley Schneider. I don't think he's going to be available at the weekend. Uh, no, uh, he's not available for the midweek because they're in the playoffs um, against Napoli uh, for Champions League qualifying, which having beaten Ajax is a bit of a kind of how tough does this road need to be. Um, so they've brought in Alan St. Maxima. Um, who came in from Monaco after being at Bastia on loan last season. And, I mean, he's a great player, I think. And being in a team where I think some of us uh, thought he'd done enough to get into the Monaco team and would have been great to watch there. If he wasn't going to do that, then playing at Nice with a variety of nippy midfielders zipping about is is another good place, I think, for him to be. Uh, He does add a bit of um, robustness. You know, he's got these great figures for dribbles and take-ons as a forward is very impressive. So they do seem to be in a bit of, uh, maybe a bit of a a period of flux. Obviously, Pereira's gone back uh, on loan. Um, from his loan, Dalbert's gone to Inter. They have lost a couple of people. Belhanda's gone on loan, uh, gone back from his loan. Paul Bass has left. So there has been quite a lot of movement there, mostly on the outward front. So a little bit, little bit nervy about about them and whether you know they'll be able to to put in as good a run this season. Either Rich Jez. I feel like they're going to be a bit like the Monaco of not last year, but the two or three years before that. And it's something that I've said so many times, it just frustrates me so much that um, because of the nature of the of the French League, it's very rare that the team that qualifies for Europe is the team that represents the club in Europe the following year. And I think with, I still think, a very high calibre of players and an excellent manager, I still think... Nice will do well. I just worry that um, with such an overhaul of the team, the time and the um, distraction of Champions League, at least for another couple of matches, um, 
it's kind of giving all the other teams a head start while they all bed in and get used to playing with each other. And I think it's a real pity because it, it means that I think they're going to be sort of um, fighting to catch up with the other teams right from the start. Um, I mean, you saw against Ajax, they still, on their day, they still play beautiful football. Napoli, again, you know, it's such a tough draw, but you can imagine they're going to be two great matches to watch because mm -hmm. they're two brilliant football-playing sides. But, you know, it, they've lost, either through injury or sales, um, they've lost some important players. Yeah, both those full-backs are important. I'm not sure Malang Sar is a left-back, really. Um Sarafi has kind of come in and expected to be the main playmaker immediately. Seri is sort of clearly a bit unsettled and certainly if they don't beat Napoli I'd be surprised if he's still there this time next month. Mm. Um, yeah, player I still think is great. Lee's Malusa can he signing. Yeah. I agree Sam Maximas can be excellent. Cosiello's kind of stalled a bit but we still like him. Suke has been a fantastic sort of replacement for Pereira anyway. But it's not the same team that was playing so well together last year. It um, is, yeah, is there maybe an argument that honourable defeat to Napoli and going into the Europa League might actually be better for them? I mean, possibly. It, it, I mean, I, I, in terms of I, I standing a chance League of doing is, well. Well, I don't know if Europa League is still a lot more matches than, than Champions League. I haven't sat and counted them, but I'm not sure. Considering the, they start, I think in the Europa League, there's also that bigger chance of those far-flung mm. destinations as well. And I think with with, yeah, the, with the, the club, the season that they had last season, the stadium that they've got, the setup that they've got, I I do think they will they will be wanting to get that group stage Champions League football. I think if they can get that, let those players taste it, announce them well sort of announce themselves to the slight wider world, continue then, you know, getting that income in to, to, to be able to continue buying this, to, to make it a, a successful ongoing thing. You know, this we don't want Nice to be just a one-off, great season, finish third, but thank you very much, back to eighth you go next season. We want, you know, we want we want this. This, is, this looks a really, really promising... Um, Oh, use that P word again, project, yes. um, because they, they, they seemingly have everything in place. They've got, you know, they've got a little bit of money behind them now. They've got the great stadium. They've got a great training setup. They're bringing in the right kind of players. They're able to bring in some big name experienced players, but also sort of creaming off the, 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 the best or some of the best of the young players from within, within the country. So, I think I think they'll be they'll be wanting that they really will want be wanting that that group stage Champions League um, uh, action and um, I, I don't think it will hinder them I think it's probably going to be too much I think to expect third place again in top three place um, but I'm fairly certain that if you offered Nice bearing in mind how well the other sides have improved I think if you offered Nice a top six place right now even probably to start the season after, even though they have made a bad start but. I think they'd have taken that fairly comfortably. So, after looking at kind of looking at the the big guys, obviously we've got three promoted teams that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Amiens, obviously away at PSG in your first first game in Ligue 1 is always going to be tricky. Um, they followed that up 
that 2 0 loss up with a 2 0 home loss to Angers, they're, so they're yet to score no points. Um, Strasbourg obviously were involved in that um, chaotic match against Lille, where they pounced and took the three goals, three points. Uh, good to see Jonas Martin back in, in Liga, um, which obviously was a bit of a gimme after being hammered 4 0 by Lyon in the opening day. If you are shooting at a goal with, you know, an attacking midfielder, a striker in it. Um, and then Amadou is a midfielder. I mean, they 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 took advantage of the chance they were given uh, to get their, their first win there and uh, all seem very happy about that. Trois, obviously, uh, have done a decent job drawing against Rennes and then beating Nice. So they're actually on four points and looking very cheerful. So obviously there's not the same amount of money going on down there. Um, Troyes have been picking up cheap deals like Viscarando from Nantes, Deplaine from, from Montpellier. Um, Strasbourg got Jonas Martin, a couple of other people. Amiens looks a little bit quiet. They've got Mathieu Bodmer, I think, and Issa Sissoko in. But, I mean, we always say at the beginning of a season, when you're looking at who's going to go down, you look first at the guys who've just come up. But what do we what do we think? Um, is there enough spark in, uh, in in any of those three to at least, you know, give them a, a fighting chance? Because Troyes look, look decent in, in both of their matches. Jazz? I, th- I think Troyes, sort of, they've been a bit of a yo-yo club in recent times. I think sort of mm-hmm. two two league appearances ago they they were fantastic to watch and and quite unlucky to to go down in the end last time they were i mean pretty poor and you know comfortably comfortably went down um they you know hopefully they they've learned from those two experiences and as you said they've they've had a really good start to the season um with that that win at nice um a good time to play them definitely but you know they they took their chances the first one in particular was a very sketchy goal but i think it was the first one but um you know all they can do is play what's in front of them and they've made they've made the perfect start um strasbourg i think just because of as much as anything because of the the support they're going to get i think probably for the most part they're going to be very difficult to beat at least at home and if they can make a real fortress of the of the men or then you know that's look at for example Burnley in the Premier League last year that's already sort of um, a massive step towards safety um, I still think all three of them I'm sure would take 17th place right now and I really I really can't I can't see Amia staying up but I do think Twan Strasbourg have got a good fighting chance of staying up Rich? I can do nothing but agree. I think mm-hmm. Twire have got the the know how of of okay, perhaps not what it takes to stay in the game because the the horror start that they had to the last time they were in the top flight took umpteen games, wasn't it, to to get their first win? Well, they've got that first win now in only the second game, and it was away at Nice, a very very good win. Um, but I think there's players there that know what it takes to be in the top flight. I think Strasbourg have recruited pretty well. Um, they, again, have brought in players who know what it takes to be in the top flight. Amien, 
you know, I'd, I'd love to see of, of the three that have come up. They're the ones I would love to see stay up, but I just can't make an argument for them to achieve that. Mm. Uh, I really can't. For me, the the, the big thing, and it it could actually be the big thing for all three sides is is goals. Um, you know, I think there's there's going to be a few sides that will that look already that goals will be a struggle. Mm. Some of those promoted sides fall within that category. So if you, ultimately, as we've seen countless times, if you've got a goal scorer who can get you 12... You know, look at Dijon last season with Loic yep. Dione. Now, perfect, perfect example. 11, 12 goals. That's more than enough. That will probably keep you up. So mm. goals are key. I think then looking at, in a sense at, at who could you know take one of those drop spots. Obviously, Dione has left... But um, Dijon appears to be having quite canny and just possibly hung around outside Lorient's back door waiting for the fire cell. They've got Geno, they've got Latoa, as well as they brought inside and Sliti. They they seem to have, have done some decent business. Con had uh, came very close last season to being in epic amounts of trouble and not sure they've done much to kind of change that so as you say Dijon could at least score goals and just above them was Montpellier and of course their top scorer is currently banging them in for Huddersfield so um, now with Giovanni Sio coming in uh, we'll have to wait and see if he can uh, replace the Steve Mounier shaped hole up front um, which will be kind of an interesting one to, to look out for so in a sense, we we've gone through a lot of the the uh, the big guys and possibly the battle at the bottom. If there's anything else you want to kind of mention now, or we can get on to any other business, which as ever at the end of a French summer features admin. So, guys, anything more to add on transfers or predictions front? I could talk about Mets, but it would be a bit too depressing at the moment. Yeah. We'll um, we'll give it till after they play Monaco and then see how. Everything, everything is. Yeah. I'm happy not to speak to them, speak about them until after Monaco and PSG the following match. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So, um, obviously, over the summer we saw uh, the Euros. Um, I was out there for kind of twelve days, um, attempting to follow France, but obviously buying a ticket for the wrong quarterfinal after a slightly uh, um, underwhelming performance in the group um, we're going to go through that maybe a bit more detail in the international break that's coming up when we've got a bit more time to go into that in, in more detail um, as I say it is France so we do have admin we did um, talk a bit last time about Bastia being relegated for football terms then administratively relegated they've now gone actually declared bankruptcy so are going to be playing in National 3 or that's CFA de in old money, the fifth tier. So they've lost their professional status. Obviously, the seven loanees they had, who were their most valuable players, have all gone back. They managed to sell three players, Koulibaly, Jiku, and Gando, for 4.2 million. It turns out their debts are 20 million. There's a rescue package being put together, but basically, they're gone as a professional footballing force. Now, I know a lot of people were uh, very antipathetic towards them after several of the more egregious things they did last season, hitting people on the head with sticks, racism, fighting, that kind of thing. But 
to see a club go out of business in that way and drop so far it is sad I think um, and it's you know going to be interesting to see in a sense how all of this came to pass that they had been functioning in Ligue 1 for you know, several years, and now the in a sense they've they've gone bankrupt, locked the doors, etc., etc. Um, it's a difficult situation, but it is, you know, a sad thing to see. And obviously, all the staff uh, who who now uh, need to find something else to do. All of the the players are being uh, shifted on, They've basically been replaced by their their amateur team, their reserve team. It's a very difficult situation. Um, but one, you know, we keep saying that there does need, obviously, to be financial oversight and financial regularity, but sometimes the way things are done just does seem <laughs> seem harsh, but the fact is that they appear to be in way worse financial situation than appeared uh, to be the case previously. Anything to kind of weigh in on that one? Um, um, I, I think it's, it's probably... I'm I'm one of those that drifts between, you know, things like this have been coming and also then there is an element of sadness. You know, you don't like to see football clubs dissolve, but, you know, Bastia were, had certainly, I think, got off very lightly for some pretty horrendous um, off and on field events. You know, we all saw what happened in that Lyon game and I think the the, and it ended up with a, a closed stadium for a couple of matches and a little bit of a fine seemed to be ridiculous compared to the sort of severity of, of what went on. So I think they'd, they'd certainly been dodging a bullet for quite a while. I'm not saying the bullet should have been this severe, by no means. This, is, you know, this isn't great to see. What's not helped them then is it's only come, you know, all this news has only really come about around the time that then a team in the top flight has spent 220 million euros on one player and look like they could be splashing out 100 mil plus for another that's not going to yeah that that doesn't paint the the sort of romanticism of football in a good light so it's when you know, when you've got outcomes as as a as a team going out of business with debts a fraction of what that other team is spending but you know you, you don't you don't run these debts up by accident you know, there's 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 going to have been gross mismanagement that's gone on behind the scenes. Um, it's not a case of overspending, I don't think. It's probably, you know, fines that have built up. It's probably cost of hiring police for matches that's built up. There's probably all sorts that have contributed to that um, that debt. So it's very sad to see, um, but it should serve, I think, as another reminder. We've we've lost a couple of. Of French clubs over the last few years, mm-hmm. um, due to due to financial reasons. But let it let's hope it sort of acts as a further reminder to other French clubs that it, you know, with with the DNCG being so, I don't know what the word I'd be using for putting every every tiny Feisty. little yeah every every little expense under the microscope. You know you've got you've you've got to be making sure that things like that are in order. So it's sad to see, but. I can see why, as one of them, there's not total sadness. I think um, 
Rich alluded to PSG. I think it's it's a similar thing, but at the other end of the spectrum, that it's kind of football against the politics of football, and um, you know, there's been distasteful elements for a few years now. And last year, there are two or three things that were that did feel beyond the pale. Um, and but at the same time, it's it's a club with a rich history, UEFA Cup finalist. Um, you know, they did, as long as they didn't overstep the line, add a lot of character and sort of Corsican character to, to Liga. Um, so it is a real pity to see them go, but possibly, you know, whatever is going on there has become rotten enough that maybe in the long run it's the best thing for them to do a sort of Strasbourg and, and start again from scratch. The, the only thing I'm a bit confused about is seeing as the DNCG seems so hard on everyone, why has all this only come to light this year? You'd have thought that this is stuff that had been coming for a few years now. I mean, even taking into account... The releg- I, I presumed it was, you know, the relegation sort of triggered stuff. They were, they yeah, had been I, hanging on on the basis of lone players and older guys on free contracts for a couple of years and maybe the drop to League 2 was just going to be to put too big a hole in the the budget, they weren't going to be able to get it passed. That seems to be the issue, and then all of this other stuff has kind of, kind of come out from afterwards. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it must be that relegation sort of sent them over the cliff. Yeah. But you just thought that what's the point? You know, what's the point of the DNCG being there if they're not making sure that clubs have a better contingency plan? That they can, plans. They can run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not talking about a PSG or a Monaco here. There's every year there's a chance <laughs> that last year are going to go down. Yeah, I so I think both we've all said, you know, it's a it kind of sad to see them go. I mean, the other this means that Paris FC are now in Ligue 2. The other team that uh, the DNCG was having a go at, AC Ajaccio, managed to convince them on appeal. So. It's an Ajaccio derby in Ligue 2 because AC and Gaz are both up there. And um, we've recently seen the first round of the League Cup, um, which features the at this stage the Ligue 2 sides and those in Nationale who are uh, still have professional status. And one of those, Red Star, the other Paris team, um, is through to the next round of the 11 matches because... Nancy went through because of the Bastia thing and they got a bye. So of the 11 matches, five went to penalties. So Red Star um, beat Oxer on penalties for one of those. So they're the last remaining national side in the competition. The doozy match of that round looked like Le Havre 4, Nîmes 4. Nîmes managed a 94th minute equaliser before losing on penalties, which is kind of characteristic, I suppose. Um, so uh, Le Havre and Reims are both uh, on nine points, top of Ligue 2 table with three wins out of three um, on that front. So, looking forward, obviously we've got uh, the playoffs for European qualifying. Um, we've got Nice playing Napoli on Wednesday and uh, OM playing Domzal on Thursday. And then we're into round three of Ligue 1. There's some interesting looking matches there. I think Lyon-Bordeaux could be uh, a very interesting one on Saturday afternoon. Uh, PSG versus Toulouse is the big match on Sunday evening. That'll be Neymar's home debut. So uh, looks 
look out for even more uh, massive atmospheres, singing, chanting, banners, etc., etc. Um, are there any other matches coming up at the weekend that you want people to keep a particular eye out for? Uh, Rich, anything you want to suggest? Um, I think from from a I suppose PSG to lose is the biggest game because every game probably with PSG now is going to be the biggest game of the weekend with with Neymar in town. Um, but for for me, from a from a league perspective, Leon Bordeaux, um, I think should be a really good game. Um, I think uh, two teams that that will be challenging for European spots. Um, Leon perhaps slightly higher up, maybe Champions League spot. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that game. Can can Leon and uh, and Diaz continue their their great start to the season, um, or you know can can Gorvenek, the lovely lovely Gorvenek, the one the, the manager that we all love, um, can he can he conjure up something? So I'm really looking forward to that game. Yes, um, I think Marseille Angers could be interesting. I think Angers have had a, a bright start. Um, two draw with Bordeaux in the first match, and then um, decent away win in the second. Lovely um, Marseille. Long. Uh, yes, mm. I. Um, I think he was sort of Mangani. I think he was on the way out and then stayed after all. And you know, it's a pretty nice, <laughs> nice way to announce that he's staying. Um, Marseille. I. I don't want to sound like I'm just bashing them all the time, but I'm not. But I think you know. The, Against not, I suppose, on the balance of play, they deserve to win. But it was, um, well, the goal was a handball. I don't think it should have stood. And in the first match, I mean, they won 3-0, but I think all three arguably were deflections. So they've had a bit of a rub of the, the, rub of the green recently. Um, I think Angers could give them a, a tough match. Mm. And I still expect Marseille to come out on top, but I don't think it would be straightforward. Right. So with that, we've got um, some interesting playoffs uh, to see in the midweek and then a great round of, of games uh, coming up over the weekend. So we'll be back next week, hopefully, with all of the uh, reviews and to get back into a bit more of a, uh, a match report regular rhythm, we hope, with some, uh, some interesting new developments. So thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you soon. <laughs>